You know, sometimes it takes moments like this for us to truly understand the power of God and His presence and how great He is, how loving He is, how merciful He is. That's what worship does. It's, it once again puts our eyes on the very one in whom our eyes should always be on. But when life hits and certain things come our way, it's easy to take our eyes off of the one who cares for us the most. And so worship, once again, realigns us with God. So God, today as we realign ourselves with you, our lives, our hearts, our perspective, our spirit, as we do that, have your way in us. That when we step into your presence, great things happen. That we can be mindful of who you are, wherever we may be. And in everything that you do, you always are motivated because of love. Because you are love. And today as we learn more and more from you, may we be the kinds of people that are recognized in this world as people who love like you do. Who are kind like how you are kind to us. That we would shine our lights into this world as you have given us your spirit in which to do so because you're the one who sustains us. You're the one who is our foundation. This is why we gather. We gather in your name. We give to you because we trust you. We give out of the abundance that you have already given to us. And so we pray over our tithes, our offerings. And as we give to you, may you use it the way you see fit so that it can reach more people and more people can come to know you as Lord and Savior. So we trust you with it. We trust you with this time that we are dedicating to you. Speak to us in, only, in a way that only you can. And we open our hearts to you. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. And we all said together, amen. Amen. Well, once again, welcome to New Hope Church, everyone. Before you're seated, tell someone good morning. Give them a wave, a high five if you want to. For those of you who are online, we welcome you too. These are the four ways you can give. And then for some of you who are here, you give through the offering uh, in the back. And so you can do that too. Well, if this, is your, if this is your first time here at our church, we want to welcome you. If this is the first time that you're back from a long time of being away, we also want to welcome you too. And for some of you, this might be the first time back ever since, you know, two years ago. And some things are same, some things are different. I do want to say welcome, Greg Bennett. Um, man, this guy grew up in this church, so I could not help but saying hello to you guys. So welcome, welcome home. Um, and it's, it is good to see people, especially when we don't see each other for a long time. And sometimes when we don't see each other for a long time, we have children, our children grow up, and it's just good to be around each other. Here in Hawaii, we call it ohana, right, family, that we love being around each other, we love um, seeing each other and and. Sometimes we watch each other's children. It's just a part of who we are. My, uh, my friend visited us from the mainland uh, maybe last week or some time ago. Uh, it, was, it was just recently. But that's what he noticed. Like, wow, like, like whose children belongs to who? I'm like, these all our kids. We just, where, where, we just make sure our children are doing okay. If they get in trouble, we find the parents. If mine get in trouble, I leave. So... We all, have, we all try to do our very best to take care of one another. And so today we're going to be talking about this word called community. But we're also connecting it to the word worship. And sometimes we think worship is what we just did, and that's it. 
But worship in singing song or how we did it together corporately is a part of worship, but it is a small portion of what worship really is. Worship is more than that. It's more than singing songs. And although great, I'm glad God is not saying, your worship is all dependent on how well you sing. If you can keep a beat, if you know the words. I'm thankful that's not what qualifies us to worship God because it's so much more than that. If you're using the app, you can take it out. We have our notes on there. If you have, a, uh, if you have notes that you write on, like with a pen and paper, that's fine too. Or some of you use your, your, your phone. Uh, if you're a smart person like some of you I see, you, you remember. It's like, nah, I can remember these things. And the reason why we try to recall or remember these things is so that when we need to, we can apply it into our lives. And it may almost seem like, how am I going to worship community and worship? How, do I, how does that apply to my life, being a community of worshipers? Well, let me just give you a little bit of the context in, in, in what happened in heaven. So you have, or what happened with, uh, with uh, worship and, and fallen angels, okay? So it might get a little, a little tricky here, but bear with me and, and just hang out for a little while. So Satan, called Lucifer, one of the main angels that would worship God, he was like the main worshiper. When he decided that I want to be like the most high and, and be even better than him, I want to be above him, that's when God had to boot him from heaven. That, okay, this is not, that's not, that's, first of all, first of all, that's not going to work because no one is greater than God. So that was the first mistake, thinking you can be greater. It's like when we as children grow up, we think we can lick our dad. Like, I can lick my dad. I can, lick, I can beat up my dad. Or your older brother, I can beat him up now. And maybe you can, but that's not the issue. The issue is there comes a time in life where we think we can be better than or we should aspire to be better than. And so that's what happened in Satan. But he was um, kicked out, and now God created a place for him. If Satan didn't want God, then God says, I will have a place for you. And what and that place is called hell. Hell was never created for you and I. And I love this. I guess it's just a bumper sticker I have in my head. We won't do well in hell. And although we say from day to day, like, oh, today was like hell. No, it wasn't. It was not. Hell is the absence of God. No love, no chance of hope. Hopelessness, despair disappointment all the time so now god creates this place for him he says okay if you don't want this then here it is you can have that problem with that is now satan says well, i can't get back at you so what do you treasure the most what do you love the most what is the what what what, what can how can i take my revenge out on you and so what satan figured out was god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for the world. So you know what I'll do? I'm going to go after people because that's God's most prized creation. He loves them the most. So because of that, and now we know that, how do we live in this life knowing that we have an enemy, the adversary? Because we're not each other's enemy. The people you have a hard time with, they're not the enemy. Your spouse is not the enemy when you get into friction. They're not the enemy. Your children aren't the enemy. Your parents aren't the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. Satan is the enemy. He's behind all of this. And if you want to narrow it down between good and evil, you end up with God and Satan. 
That's the two opposing sides. It's not even opposing because the devil isn't the opposite of God. There is no opposite. He is who he is. God is who he is. But now how do we live this life knowing that we were created to worship God and know we're not going to spend eternity just singing to God? I know some people, they say, I don't want to become a Christian. All you can do is sing to God all your life in heaven. That's a long worship service. I don't want to do that. But that's not what heaven is all about. It's not us. And although there will be celebration and things, that's not all we'll do. God is a little bit more creative than that. So there's so much more to our worship to God. Now, the Bible gives a, a, a description. In fact, John had a revelation. It's, and it's in the Bible. It's called the Revelation of Jesus Christ or the Book of Revelation. So John writes this in Revelation 12, verses 4 and 9. And he's giving this picture. He sees this vision that his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. So the great dragon was cast out and the the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Now, if you read that and out of context, you might be like, what animation movie is that? What, what anime is that? What show is that? What, what poem is that? Because it doesn't seem like something that we would need to know as human beings of this description. But really, it's about the devil who wanted to destroy Jesus knowing that that was God's only son, that he would die for the world, the sins of the world, so that we would have an opportunity to be in the presence of God for eternity even with all of our flaws. Here's, here's why the devil hates this so much. Satan made that decision and was cast out of eternity forever with God. Cast from the presence of God for eternity. We make mistakes every single day and God died for us. And now we can be in his presence and be in heaven for all of eternity. So we have that opportunity. And the stars of heaven is likened to the angels that were thrown down into the earth, cast to the earth, one-third. That's where we get the one-third of the angels were cast down. But just because God created everything and saw that it was good, it doesn't mean that we will make good decisions. I mean, without raising our hands, I'm sure every single one of our hands would go up by me asking this question, how many of us made bad decisions? Right. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because some of you are like, yeah, and I'm sitting next to them right now. I, I always think to myself, why did I make that decision? Why? Why? But it happens. We make good choices and bad choices, but it doesn't mean that God is bad. We're just his creation with the freedom to choose. And God gave us the freedom to choose because of love. Without love, there is no choice. You needed love in order to have this relationship with God. And and in love, there is choice. Otherwise, it wouldn't be love at all. It would be something forced, like the planets. They're in obedience to God, but they have no choice. They just go around and around the solar system. That's what it is. It does what it does because... God said so. But with love, he says, you have, a, you, have, you have a decision to make. You can choose me. 
because that's the highest form of love. It's choice. So now, because God is love, and we do have a choice, that is true love. True love is only true love when you have a choice to choose. So we're going to take a look at a couple of words. The first two words are to surrender and embrace. Now, we may have heard this word before, surrender. Like we surrender. And if you ever played with these you know, toys, like with the army men and things like that, and then you play and you surrender, it's like, I give up. I give up. So surrender is different than, um, like if you ever played chess, and in chess, there's checkmate, right? There's checkmate. That means you have no choice, uh, chance of winning. You lose. You're done. And then you have to uh, tip your king over, like, okay, my king is dead. And you tip your king over. That's not surrender. That's you lost. You lost. So surrender doesn't mean you lost and now I give up. You cannot give up when you lost. You lost. So surrender is not that we're defeated and so now we surrender. No, we're victorious and we surrender to God. We may even have a great life. We may have it all together, but still have yet to surrender to God. Sometimes people think, well, why do I need to surrender to God? I'm doing fine. Marriage is good. Family is good. Why would I need God? Why would I need God? If everything is going well, why do I need God? In fact, some of our friends say that when you say, no, you should come with us to church. Why I need church for everything is going well. Now, sometimes the sarcasm in our minds and our cynicism says, it's not always going to be like this. There's going to come a time in your life where you're going to need God. And we say those things. But really, when we think of it in that way, it is true for some people if they think that this is the only life. That all I need to do is be happy. If I'm happy in this life, then I'm good. Therefore, I don't need God. But what God looks for is not just life here on this earth. He's also factoring in eternity. I can never imagine how long eternity is because I've never been in eternity. I've only known this time. And it's almost like time goes by so fast. You wake up in the morning and on your mind are things to do. Sometimes we wouldn't even say good morning to someone in the house. We just go. And then we're so busy trying to do things, we forget something and then we blame other people. It's like we text them. It's like, okay, okay. Can you grab, grab my bag, please? They text you back. Where's your bag? It's in the room. Where in the room? In the closet. Where in the closet? You have 15 bags. Go get my bag. The bag is in the bag. It's in the closet. It's the black one. The dark black one. The one the frizzy thing is on top. Never mind. I'll get it myself. You walk in the house. You're mad at everybody because you forgot your bag. And that's day in and day out. Could be us as, as men looking for keys. Where's my keys? Where's my keys? Where's my keys? Who took the keys? I always have the keys on the counter. Oh, I moved it over there. Why'd you move it over there? Because it was in the way. Whose way? Whose way was it in? Your shoes on the ground. Move your shoes. Why? I, I, that's why I left it. Well, move your shoes. I'm going to trip. Just walk over them. And then we fight. We're human beings. So we're going to have these emotions. We're going to have these things eat us up. And we're, we're going to have problems in relationships. So tell me we won't have problems in our relationship with God. And sometimes we don't want to come to God because we think we have to behave first. Because if I make a mistake with God, then I'm out. 
but in relationship that happens in relationship we're going to have a difficult time with one another we will still have difficult times with God some things we won't understand some things it's going to be hard to grasp and so when we surrender to God it doesn't mean that I'm done that word surrender means to yield to another or to someone with a, with a higher authority that you're, just, you're surrendering to the power of another and that's a, that's a difficult thing if you've done that before and you were treated wrong and now you're using that as the memory in which to surrender to God and now it's a, diffi- it's a difficult thing to do but you're not only surrendering to God you're also embracing who he is that word embrace means to take or receive gladly or eagerly or to accept willingly like there's a, there's a way to live in embracing God and a way not to live just in surrender in other words we can surrender to God but we have yet to embrace him we yield to him but we have not embraced who he is in the book of John chapter 4 verses 21 through 24 there's a Samaritan woman and Samaritans and the Jews didn't get along Jesus goes to this well in Samaria and he's going to ask this woman for water the woman at the well Samaritan woman and they have a conversation and in this conversation Jesus says to her woman believe me the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father you worship what you do not know we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth so Jesus uses this phrase or this word worship and that word that he's talking about actually means to kiss the hand of or even or even even uh, more uh, visually understandable is how a dog licks the hand that might seem gross but what jesus was referring to is if you have a dog if you've ever been around you know a friendly dog then they're happy a lot all the time they're happy to see you you can leave the house go to your car forget the key come back they're like i miss you you're gone like 15 seconds you know how long that is in dog years so now they're happy to see you their tail is wagging if they have a little nubby it's going crazy they're happy to see you so they start licking you and and it's it's good to see you and that's that's them being happy and think about it that's for a dog to do that is unbelievable and here's why we feed them the same thing every single day in a bowl we never wash and drink water from a bowl that has moss and mildew sometimes now you might be thinking what kind of dog owners are you I wash my dog's bow every single day I clean it every single day I disinfect it every single day and no I don't give them just regular dog food I make chicken well God bless you however majority of us feed our dogs in these kinds of ways so our dog eating out of the same bowl drinking that water out of that bowl is so happy to see us that would not work with your spouse 
That would not work with your children. That would not work. Try feeding your children out of the same bowl, the same cereal, every single day, three meals a day. In the beginning, they'd be like, yeah, lucky charms all day. Yeah, but the 50th day, well, I don't like eat this anymore. It's not even real milk, the skim. You would have some kind of reaction. Try doing that to your husband, his stew bowl or his favorite bowl. Same bowl every single day, same food every single day, and not even washing the bowl. Don't even give him one spoon. You got to eat out of them. In the beginning, you'd be like, shoots, I would eat from this. But after time goes on, something happens in the heart. Jesus uses this phrase, this word, to describe what happens to us with God too. That sometimes we come to God and instead of being like that dog who licks the owner's hand, we're grumbling at God. We don't come with thankfulness. We don't come wagging our tails. We come almost like... And like when you try to pet your dog if they're, you know, protective over their food. Husbands are like that too. We, we protective. We, we huddle. We kind of hover over our food. Jesus was saying how, how that dog licks the owner's hand. Even though this is happening in this dog's life, it doesn't change how it reacts to the owner. So with us, our true worship to God should always be like that, regardless of what happens in our life. And that's the most difficult thing because we equate worship to how I'm treated in life. Therefore, if God does well, I will worship him, I will thank him. If God doesn't, if these things happen, I'm mad at God. Why did this happen? I cannot worship you because these things happen. And, 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 it, and he actually understands that because he knows we have emotion. He knows we have feelings. He knows we've gotten hurt. He knows we miss our loved ones. He knows these things, and yet he still loves us and reminds us of eternity. That's why we can surrender to him and embrace him because he has done so much in our lives, even more than we could possibly ever imagine See, we need to surrender in order to embrace truth. That's the only way we'll embrace truth. But just because we surrender doesn't mean we'll automatically embrace him. That's a choice that we make. Because how many of us have surrendered to God, but we have yet to embrace truth? When I was growing up, I used to, and I don't know if this is good or bad. I don't, know if, I don't know if it scarred me or not, or I don't even know if this is a psychological thing that happens to us as children. But I would have neighbors across the street on, the, you know, on one side or the other of my house, and when they would fight, I would turn off the lights and listen. Like I would look around like, who's fighting tonight? Who's that? Auntie, Auntie, guys. Turn off, turn, off, turn off the lights. And I was probably like eight, nine years old, so this was like entertainment to me. So I would watch, and, and you could kind of pick whose, wait, whose lights is on, who's fighting, because not them guys, they're in the garage kicking back. Got to be them. Hey, got to be them. Look, shh. And we'd listen, and they would fight. And they would start off with, and it's usually the men got like two or three words in, which is okay. They were losing the battle, obviously. 
And then they would fight. And then it would escalate. And then it would yell at each other. Ah! And then you'd hear things flying in the house. And we're like, oh, action, action. <laughs> and so we keep watching. And then it gets so escalated, somebody calls the police. And they're like, oh, cops, cops, cops. And the police would come. And then the police would come to the door. And sure enough, the wife comes outside. Yeah, go get him. Go get him. I'm going to punch his face. Go get him. And then the police come. They're trying to calm things down. It's like, calm down. Okay, tell me what's going on and what's happening. And, and then they find out, okay, uh, well, we, we're going to have to take your husband in. Take him already. Take him. I'm sick and tired of this. In their minds, they're like, we come here every week. We're sick and tired of this too. <laughs> so finally, they're taking the husband. And he starts resisting. Hey, no, take me, bro. No, take me. And then they start taking him down. And we're like, whoa. We didn't have cameras and cell phones back then. And so we're just watching. And then, and then after a while, you hear the wife, hey, hey, don't hurt him. Hey, don't hurt him. Hey, leave him alone. And don't push his head. And we're like, wait, whose side is she on now? Wait, what something just happened? What just happened? And we're watching, and then after a while, the wife is like, leave him alone. Oh, honey, I love you. I'm so sorry. You know, listen. And they're like, what just happened? We're like, change the channel. Junk this movie. What kind of ending is that? She surrendered to authority, but didn't embrace the truth. He needed to be taken away before it got worse. When we come to God, sometimes we surrender to him, but we don't embrace his truth. The reason why they, 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 that they probably call the police is so that the situation can de-escalate, so that there can be peace. But if the truth is, no, we're going to have to do this. And one side or the other is like, no, no, take him. No, 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 no. I don't like you to do that. I just wanted you to come and calm things down. That's all I needed. Well, we're going to have to take one of you because this is now a situation where it's, it's now bad. What? I didn't want that. It's kind of like how we are with God. We surrender to God, but God says, okay, here's some truth. Oh, no, no, no. I, I didn't want to change. I didn't want that. I just wanted your peace, God. That's all I wanted. I didn't, like, I didn't want that. I remember talking to a friend, and he, and he was sharing with me some financial problems that they had. I'm like, how can you have financial problems? Like, you, you, you have a great job. You get good money. He goes, yeah, but I don't know. Something's wrong. I said, okay, let's go through your budget. Was, he says, what do you mean budget? What, we don't have a budget. First issue. Okay, let's write that down. Okay, let's look at what you bring in and what you're spending. And so we did. I said, oh, easy. You make this much, you're spending this much. Don't spend this much. He says, no, but that's the problem. We spend a lot. I said, okay, well, let's find out what you're spending on. And come to find out, they were spending a lot on clothes and eating, eating out. So we said, okay, just don't keep buying, why do you keep buying clothes? What, what, like, your shirt should last you longer than a month. It should last you years. And here in Hawaii, that's okay if you get puka. It looks stylish like that. So long, not by the pico. But if it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. You, right now, you need to make some crazy sacrifices if you want to be in good financial shape. 
You can surrender, but if you don't embrace the truth, then all you're doing is surrendering. It's just giving up. I just, I just give up. I surrender. I surrender. But there is truth that God wants to bring. And it can almost seem harsh, but it's God, God's truth that sets us free. It's not God's truth that punishes us. It's the truth that sets us free. So a community of people, when we have this common unity and we are worshipers and we do this together as the family of God, then the possibilities are endless in how we can support one another. It's just, just like the past two years on how we've been doing this together, doing our very best to be at where we are today and things keep changing from week to week and hopefully soon, you know, things will get a whole lot better. But until then, we do this together. That we surrender, we embrace the presence of God, we trust in God, but then we also submit. That's the other word. Because that word submit can be a difficult thing too if we don't understand what that word is all about. You know when the Bible says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church that he gave himself up for? I had a hard time with that because I thought, well, what did Jesus did? What did he do for the church? Well, he died for it. I got to die for my wife? Is that what the Bible is saying? And although we as men, we'd be like, oh, honey, I take one bullet for you. You know, this is, you know, Valentine's Day and we're going to be romantic. We're going to say things and, you know, whatever else. But that's not what the Bible is referring to when it says to love your wives just as Christ loved the church. The Bible is giving us the principle behind in which to have this relationship. But it also says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, the moment we hear that word submit, we look at that word as a negative thing. Like submit, submit, submitting to my husband. I will submit to him when he behaves. I will submit to him when he follows God. I will submit to him. So that word submit comes with some bad experiences. But really, it's a military term that says you come under the authority of. And so when the Bible says submit yourselves unto to your own husbands as unto the Lord, really it's the Lord's authority that we're submitting to. We're submitting, you're submitting through your husband to the Lord. Now again, it's not marriage in general that is being described here. It's that word submit. That it's a, it's a term that is used to show that there is authority that you can trust. So when you submit to God, God gave us himself. He, he gave us his very best, but it's up to us to embrace him to embrace that higher authority because that's who he is. He, has, he is sovereign and he is the highest authority. That is why we need to submit ourselves to him. He's already reaching out to us. It's on us to do the same. That's what a relationship is all about. It's, a, it's two ways. But you can, you can have God giving his very best to us, but if we don't embrace that, then there is no relationship. There's this, uh, some time ago, I, I saw an auntie of mine, and when, she, when, when I see her, like there are certain people you greet in certain ways, right? Like certain aunties, like, auntie, good to see you. And you, you, you go straight forward, but you turn your head, and then you, you kiss on the side. It's like, you kiss like that. And the women do that because they don't want lipstick to go on your cheek. Some aunties no care. They come in hard. Sometimes they aim for the lip. But it's okay because that's just how it is. So I, I, so I saw this one woman, and we always, always 
good to see you kind of thing. I came in strong, auntie, and I did this, and she just stood there. She didn't even look at me. I was like, something's wrong. So I, I hugged her. I said, how are you doing? And she did one of these, good. I just tapped my back. I was thinking, okay, something. Did I say something? What did I do? So we're talking, and everybody's talking, and then I find out I said something, and it was taken out of context, and it hurt her. She didn't have an understanding. And then after we were all done talking and I got to clear things up, she goes, now I can hug you. And then she hugged me. And then I was like, wow. If I didn't know that, I, I, like if I didn't, if the truth didn't come out, that would have been our relationship. And how many times that happens between people, we don't even know it. But something was said, or maybe something misconstrued, something taken out of context, or something we may have said or done that offended someone. And we don't even know that it's there. God can come in strong, and he did. He sent his one and only son. But sometimes our reaction back to God is just, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you. What happened? Well, why the strain in the relationship? Well, because this happened, I got hurt. This, you didn't do this. I prayed for you for the longest time, and you didn't come through. You said you were faithful, but this, this happened, and now you, 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 didn't, you didn't keep your end of your promises. Therefore, even though God comes in strong to embrace, we have yet to embrace him. And that is a difficult thing. And if that's you and you're saying, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to talk to God right now. I'll, I'll, I'll go through the motions, but I, I just, I can't. You know what is interesting about that? God doesn't even care about the motions we go through. However, if that helps you process, he's still okay. If you're in process and you're saying, no, God, I'll get there. I'm just not there yet. I can't worship you. I have a hard time even singing songs to you. God still understands, and he will still come in strong every single day. And he'll wait. He'll wait for that day that you come in strong back to him, and what a day that will be. Keep talking it out with God. Keep processing with him. If you have to argue with God, go for it. He's a good listener. He has eternity <laughs> to listen to you. And he can handle you yelling at him because he's a good father. He can take it. And if that's you and you have to just hash it out with God, he'll let you do that. He's very patient and kind. James 4, 1, 4 7, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 tells us to submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I think we may have uh, we, maybe a, a good understanding of the first part to submit to God, but to resist the devil, that's the other side. Sometimes we submit to God, but we don't resist the devil. We got to resist the devil. So when that deception comes, when the temptations come, when that sin is lurking at the corners of your life, you're able to resist the devil and then stick to God, stay close to him, submit to God, trust in him, stay faithful to him because he's faithful to us. And then the devil will flee. Now we can continue worshiping God. We can continue keeping our eyes on God. Romans 12.1 tells us, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, that you're giving your bodies to him. In other words, worship is more than singing songs 
It's, an, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's part of our life. It's, it's who we are. It's worshiping God with our body, with the life that he has given to us. It's utilizing this life that he has given us to be thankful to him, to do things in such a way that reflects who God is. Even though difficult, because of all he has done for us. Now, we may, we may put a list together, like this is what God did for me, and we have that list. We may put a hundred things, a hundred thousand things. I guarantee you this, God's list of what he actually did for you and I is so much longer than the list you and I can ever come up with. So much longer. And here's why. Because there are so many things God has done that we have never known. So many things he took care of that we never knew he did. So many times he did something that we never recognized. It's like with our children, or with our children. There are, you only understand how much parents do when you become one. Like with children, I remember growing up, I used to think my mom never do nothing. Like, mom, all you do is read newspaper and smoke cigarettes. Later on, I found out why she smoked cigarettes. People give her stress. Her kids. And she quit smoking later on in life when we moved out. <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably the best, you know, stop smoking plan. Children, move out. Look how peaceful it is. So you only recognize that. And growing up, you think that you're owed something. Like, mom, you got to do this. Dad, you got to do this. And even, even, even understanding how much parents do. Hey, yeah, we may pinpoint a couple of things like, okay, mom and dad works or they do certain things and okay, I can see that as, as children. But there are times where our attitude doesn't reflect it because we don't know how much they do. We don't know how many sacrifices they made. We didn't know that mom or dad sacrificed college or, or sacrificed buying something for themselves that they always dreamed about. We don't know how much or how many times they sacrifice on a daily basis so that they could put food on the table. That mom always had a dream about this or dad had about that. But they made those sacrifices because of the greater good of the children. And then we as children, we're like, oh, can we can upgrade our Wi-Fi? We don't, my, my phone junk. Or, or even to get one, mom, I need one phone. For what? So you know where I stay? I know where you stay. I tie one rope to you. I know where you stay. I'm putting GPS on you. And so even as children, we don't understand because we can never imagine the magnitude of what our parents had to go through. And so it is with God. We will never understand the incredible sacrifice of God sending his one and only son to the cross. for you and I so we could have eternal life where we can worship God forever. More than singing songs, it's with our life in everything we do. It shows our thankfulness to God for all that he has done. I want to pray with us today. If you would bow your heads for a moment, even for those of you who are online. And I'll close with this scripture in Romans 10, 3 and 4. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself, refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. In other words, we try to do good to gain God's favor. For Christ has already accomplished 
the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we are made right with you because of what Jesus has done. Life will never shape us. Our reaction to it will. So when we submit ourselves to you, God, we're not submitting to life and just dealing with whatever comes our way. We submit to you because we want to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's a lifelong process. We'll learn this until the day we come home to be with you. So we choose to surrender to you. We embrace who you are. We embrace your truth. We surrender our spirits to you. For those who have never made that conscious decision to give you their lives today in exchange for the one you have for them in this prayer called salvation, and as we pray, may they too put their hope in you. And if you're here or if you're online and you're saying, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ, I would want to. I just don't know what it's going to look like. But I'm going to start with just surrendering my life to him, embracing who he is, and I'll submit to God and trust in him. And as I say this prayer and you repeat after me and you mean it with all of, all of your heart, and you're going to recognize that God is going to do something special in and through you. And here's our prayer. You can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave. I choose to worship you with my entire being. I trust you. And I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. I surrender to you and embrace you. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, amen. Can we welcome these that said yes to Jesus into the kingdom of God? And for those of you who are online, if you did say yes to Jesus, once again, congratulations. Best decision you will ever make in your life.